Welcome back to the TD Ameritrade Network. Let's talk some overlooked stocks with Mr. George Tillis joining us from Salt Lake. Got a couple companies that you missed in today's coverage. Our overlooked movers, Georgia GoPro. A decent session here and a stock that didn't lose you money on a down day. How come? Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting company, OJ, we talked about it before, but I uh, know people are familiar with GoPro in terms of their action and motion cameras and mounts and drones and accessories and even uh, lifestyle gear. That's uh, also something that uh, GoPro sells. But uh, today there was a nice move in the stock. There was actually sort of a stealth upgrade behind the scenes. I mean, the market is really challenging right now for a lot of companies. But uh, Webbush actually upgraded the stock. Uh, their analyst has a $13.5 price target, raised it from 11 uh, and they actually denoted in Q3 that the company did report some uh, some supply chain issues that were sort of, sort of non-existent. In other words, the company itself seems to have negotiated a lot of the supply chain challenges that a lot of these uh, you know uh, product-based tech companies had faced in last year or so. And actually, Q4 guidance uh, looks very promising from a sales standpoint, but also from the fact that the supply chain. Uh, grip that the company has uh, on its side in terms of dealing with it, having done with it successfully or dealt with it successfully, may carry forward into Q4. So it really was a, a call based on on the uh, the resiliency of the company to deal with supply chains. The other thing is holiday sales seem to be improving. You also have to consider a few other catalysts that are uh, kind of compelling for GoPro, uh, inclusive, of course, travel, which is increasing. There's a higher demand for uh, action and motion cameras especially for uh, cinematography that's done for uh, YouTubers and the like. Uh, but at the same time, the company uh, has transitioned itself to be more DTC-centric, direct-to-consumer. That's about 50% of its sales, and they really emphasize that during the pandemic. And that is, again, more accretive to the bottom line of the company versus third-party sales in which they actually have to sell uh, to the middleman. In other words, the middleman takes a take uh, with uh, the third-party system or third-party sales. So. The DTC sales component of the business is growing. I think the other thing uh, that's very compelling for it is services. Uh, they have integrated their firmware software. The other thing is cloud-based storage and uh, editing software that is now integrated with the iOS platform and Android, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Google's Android. And so what that means is, is that uh, the on-the-go types of folks who want to do video editing and uploading can do so without needing the interface used uh, through desktop computing. George, how much of that cloud and uh, subscription service is like really going to be the main driving factor for the stock and how much of it is a growth narrative that they're pitching to investors? I mean, it seems like that, and I know some of this uh, from folks who are photographers. I mean, there's a lot of different competing ways for one to store their data. Even if you do use GoPro, it's not cheap. Uh, and it just seems like something that is uh, very susceptible to getting cut out of one's costs if the economy tightens up. I don't know. That's my view. I, I would. Yeah. No, you're right. If you consider the uh, the lowest uh, you know average selling ticket is about three hundred dollars for a product, that's expensive. The second thing is, if it was a product centric only based business, they would face challenges from a competitive standpoint. There's no doubt in my mind either. The company does also sell its or license its motion uh, technology. It's to other manufacturers. Uh, in China, so those themselves are very, you know, very detrimental to a business like GoPro, and I think that's one of the reasons why the company's stock had struggled, even the business itself, from a profitability standpoint, for many years. But I think there's a niche, and, and the niche is the action-centric cinematographer, or videographer, or vlogger. 
that is going to use GoPro. I think at the end of the day, now that they integrate their cameras, which again, brands do matter, uh, even though they may not necessarily matter from a functionality standpoint, but the strategy of the business taken is bundling. And when you start bundling hardware with software and services, and then also unlimited 4K storage, now unlimited for, you know, uh, I think it's $49 a month, it's still expensive, yes. But people feel good about buying things that are more expensive than, or paying for uh, more than, than, than they should for things because of brand awareness and brand recognition and appeal. So I think when they integrate this business and the subscription services have grown actually significantly in the last year, from 2020 to 2021, at least from a Q3 standpoint, 138% growth in subscriptions. That doesn't necessarily mean they're growing top line sales that much, but the subscription component of their business is growing significantly because last quarter's sales were modest. They were only up about 13% on a year-over-year -year basis, but free cash flow. Because if you consider the stock itself, uh, net income last year was 363 million on 1.1 billion in revenue. That's that's a pretty significant profit margin to begin with. Not to mention they're on track for the year to come in with about 160 million of free cash flow. Now again, numbers to numbers, relative to 1.1 billion in sales, that's a high free cash flow print. And so it's only trading at nine times forward free cash flow, which becomes compelling from a financial standpoint. But there's also that story behind the subscription revenue growth. Now. I do agree with you, price points are high, competition is there, and why? Why would somebody pay a little bit more for a storage that they could otherwise buy elsewhere, let's say through Microsoft's uh, you know, uh, cloud system or, or Google? Uh, people want to have integrated vertically their products, and I think the compelling thing is that the editing software is, uh, is compatible with mobile devices. And so that in and of itself is very value-oriented and compelling for uh, bundling, and, and that's the strategy company's taken, but again, uh, I do think that your point is well taken. There is competition in this space because the technology is becoming more ubiquitous, so they have to adapt right. to the changing environment, and they've done so through services and software. Like if I'm paying already for Google Drive, right? Um, I mean, I know GoPro's got other features. It's yep. very seamless and stuff for those who use it, but um, okay, interesting. Right. The chart is telling us uh, that they're doing something that is finally pleasing the street. So uh, it doesn't really matter what I think. I mean, trading at uh, $10.70, uh, this was at two bucks uh, like a year ago. So uh, they're doing something different that's worked. George, let's go over to Task. Uh, task us the stock, Task the ticker. Uh, this had earnings about a week ago. We've been talking about it. Uh, in outsource, digital outsourcing is the way they describe their business. Shares up another percent today. Morgan Stanley says it's got 30% upside. Yeah, so a lot of times, OJ, you know, you got to look at uh, what's going on with the market, but there are also stocks that report some fantastic earnings, but they get caught up in the uh, in the industry groups. Now, I think the growth stocks and Task is one of them. has certainly been challenged, uh, especially if you look at since September, the stock was up was trading around seventy three dollars. So I think it's getting caught up in this growth centric sell off, and it might be just sort of the algorithmic approach to you know profit taking or uh, tax loss harvesting as we move to the end of the year, but. This is a company that fits in that same sort of a digital experience and customer relations uh, industry. It uh, basically uses machine learning, artificial intelligence, and it's outsourced customer service. Now, uh, all the customer service that we see via, you know, if it's, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, Comcast, which is basically, you know, uh, cable companies or, or anything else from a customer service standpoint, whether it's, you know, products or services in any regard is outsourced now. And I think this is an industry group that has a lot of interesting attributes going forward. Now, there are fast growing companies that need 
outsourcing of customer service, and that includes e-commerce, you know, gaming, social media, uh, streaming media, food delivery, and ride sharing. These are all companies in uh, or all industry groups that are fast growing that need some sort of outsourced customer service. And that's what Taskus provides. Uh, you also have to think about fintech and healthcare in that space as well. But Overall today, uh, there was the upgrade, as you mentioned. Yes, Morgan Stanley upgraded the stock to 55 from 37. They see compelling valuation. If you actually look at their last quarter, re quarter reported earnings, I mean, top line sales grew about 64% overall on a year-over-year -year basis. It's only trading around six times trailing sales uh, with that growth rate. It's pretty impressive. The other thing is uh, I did notice that last quarter, eked out about a four percent gap profit margin so in the last two quarters the company has achieved profitability we'd like to see that at least on a, on a trailing basis for the last four quarters but we haven't seen that but at the very least we're actually seeing maybe an inflection point sort of this uh this convex shape in uh in losses to profitability for a company which i think is getting thrown out with the rest of the uh, growth centric stocks all right uh, nice george uh, interesting one here stable up one percent a little bit of bullish vibes coming in from the sell side you've been uh, keeping track of this one uh for us so we'll see if it can manage to uh stabilize as the market's coming under pressure for companies that do fit that same kind of description of uh, growth orientation uh hey last one george everbridge okay i think this is maybe a first timer debut is that possible evbg software yeah. company based out of mass achusets yeah so this is a software company we haven't talked yeah we haven't <laughs> talked about this one we did talk about pager duty uh last week so this fits in the same industry group where uh, it's basically a software as a service enterprise uh applications that are used for uh, accelerating organizational operational responses to things like critical events uh in other words to keep people safe uh, also to keep businesses running that everything has to do with for instance like shootings or terror attacks service interruption because of weather events or even cyber attacks so uh, i think this is an incident response software that's where we can kind of categorize it but uh effectively they're the pretty interesting technology is able to to send and receive text messages and execute response plans and keep track of employees uh, i think is also one of the features that uh that companies are interested in especially post covid 19. the other thing is is you also have to think about uh, tracking uh, vaccines and vaccine distribution. That's another catalyst for a company like this or an industry group uh, in this space. But look, uh, the stock it has been down significantly uh, in the last uh, week or so. It, it traded uh, considerably higher in terms of price. It's been around since 2016 as a publicly traded company. Uh, but uh, one of the things about it is you're starting to see analysts that are adjusting the price targets to the downside, but those price targets are still considerably higher than the current price. So for instance, JP Morgan, uh, adjusted the price target to 127 from 200, which again is a significant uh, still increase in expected one-year price for this company, which suddenly their CEO departed and uh, the company itself may uh, suffer because of this business uh, interruption uh, because of these uh, sudden departure of the CEO. So a lot of times these events, uh, especially when it comes down to executive management that suddenly leave, don't necessarily change the uh, the aspects of the business uh, besides the perception of the business maybe changing. So I think what we're seeing is, is maybe a temporary disruption uh, in business continuity because of uh, changing of the, uh, the, the realm in the, uh, the C-suite. Uh, but at the end of the day, there may be some, uh, some adjustments that analysts are making, it looks like, uh, to the downside, which are conservative, but still a way above the current price. So I think it's an interesting space. We did talk about pager duty. Blackberry's also in this space, Cisco mm -hmm. Systems also. Uh, but I think uh, incident response management 
uh, in the software space seems to be a secular trend that uh, uh, Everbridge actually partakes in. All right. Um, I like it, George. Just some interesting finds for us. I like when you go into the areas that are being punished to find some uh, outperformers. As uh, Pager Duty, though, I mean, uh, has gone through a fair amount of punishment. So did this stock, too, uh, for a little bit there. But uh, now trying to stabilize, I guess, at the moment. All right. We'll put them on our radar. Thanks, George. Overlook Stocks. Good start to the okay, week. Okay. Yes, sir.